More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair, it's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia, and you get me, George Camel. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. (laughs) You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The verdict is in. A jury in Fairfax, Virginia has ruled that actor Johnny Depp has proven his claim that actress Amber Heard defamed him in a 2018 op-ed in the Washington Post where she described herself as a public figure representing domestic abuse. Also ahead, the U.S. Justice Department asked a federal appeals court to overturn last month's court order, which found the government's mask mandate on mass transit was unlawful. The move is the latest and the sign that the Biden administration has no intention of letting go of its power to impose useless regulations and keep Americans masked for, you know, as long as they want. My thoughts on both those stories coming up in Home Alone. institutions protect men accused of abuse, end quote. Do you find that Mr. Depp has proven all the elements of defamation? Answer, yes. Has Mr. Depp proven by a greater weight of the evidence? That question, the statement was made or published by Ms. Hurd? Answer, yes. Question, the statement was about Mr. Depp? Answer, yes. It's amazing how much people were fascinated by this trial. I got to tell you something. There are some aspects of my job as a TV host, radio host, commentator, where I just say, well, I have to do this so the folks at home don't, right? I'll watch Senate hearings and congressional hearings and go through transcripts. And, you know, that's so that I know what's going on with our government and I can tell you something. Hopefully the use, that's useful. This thing, this trial, I thought to myself, who cares? You got two rich brats, basically, 
suing each other for saying mean things about each other in public. And why, why do I care? Well, I just gotta tell you, the American people apparently, at least a good percentage of them really cared because this trial for the last six weeks was dominating headlines day after day, night after night. You'd see so much analysis and talking about this. It became kind of a cultural phenomenon. And I guess at some level it's understandable why, right? You've got uh, Johnny Depp, perhaps best known as Captain Jack Sparrow of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. One of the most famous actors in the world. I think you could say that. One of the most famous leading men in Hollywood in the last 20 years or so. He's also worth probably hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, who really knows? And then Amber Heard, who was kind of an actress in some things. She was in Aquaman, I guess. No, I'd never really even thought of or heard of this woman until this trial came up. And they said really horrible, well, she said horrible things about him in public, accused him of domestic abuse. And he says cost him Pirates of the Caribbean franchise future roles, which cost him tens of millions of dollars. Look, folks, if there's just one lesson we can all take from this, um, one, it's uh, be very careful who you tie yourself to in this life, uh, through marriage, through business, through anything really, but particularly who you marry, um, because a toxic person, and I think there was toxicity on both sides of this situation, to be fair, although I also watched very little of the trial, so I'm a spectator from the bleachers who was paying more attention to his phone, shall we say, than the game underway. Um, but I, you want to stay away from toxic people. That's certainly an important, uh, important life lesson. Um, and maybe also, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I don't know. What else is there really? Oh, and also celebrities can, no matter how rich they are, how famous they are, can lead lives of misery and, uh, and despair, whether quietly or known to those around them. So things aren't what they seem. I don't know. I, I, that's what I take from this. Oh, and also... You know, don't lie about people in public uh, because they can't actually sue you. And this may set some interesting precedents in that regard. Okay, now on to another legal story that I actually have followed very closely and spent a lot of time, uh, spent a lot of time thinking about and trying to push for sanity on. And that has to do with mask mandates uh, on planes, trains, and buses. The federal mask mandate as we know it. It went away back in April because a federal judge in Florida, who is amazing, by the way, said that this didn't really go through the proper rulemaking process, and also they didn't give any justification for why they're going to try, it, try and bring it back. So she effectively finally slapped down tyranny from these idiots working in the federal government, because they are. They're morons. I mean, Fauci and the rest of these people are abject morons. They are sub-mediocrities who have ruined millions of lives, who have cost us trillions of dollars, put us through endless amounts of anxiety and frustration, and for what? For what? So they can get another hit on CNN, they get another uh, puff piece written about them in the Atlantic, trash heaps all over the place. So the Biden administration, though, isn't giving up. No, they're fighting against the mask mandate, the mask mandate being struck down. The DOJ under Biden has appealed the Florida judge's ruling at the behest of the CDC, which argued last month that an order requiring masking in the indoor transportation corridor remains necessary for public health. Okay, now there's a few things here. Uh, first of all, this is bad politics uh, because the Democrats have to know at some level the American people are sick of this madness. I mean, there are hardcore left-wing Democrats who will triple mask alone outside, you know, in a national park with no one around for miles because they're scared of COVID. 
Uh, and they take the science seriously. I mean, these people are just, they're deranged, honestly. That's about 20% of the country, I think, that falls in that category. Maybe 30%, something like that. But once you start looking at independents, persuadables, undecideds, etc., in the political landscape, they realize this Fauciism was just an abomination, an abomination. And also the whole thing about we know masks work and they work on planes. No, they really don't. They do not. A new study in The Lancet debunks the CDC's justification for school mask mandates. Um, and here's a tweet, by the way, from Johns Hopkins professor, Dr. Marty uh, McCary on The Lancet study. Uh, Brilliant reanalysis of the data the CDC used to justify school masking. This new elegant study used a larger population and longer study period found that school masking was not associated with pediatric case rate. This study demonstrates how the CDC was cherry picking data to support their school mask dogma. The article states the CDC's MMWR journal rejected publishing this reanalysis, most likely because it exposed the CDC's salami slicing of data and use of science as political propaganda. Dr. Marty McCary is a brilliant guy. I've interviewed him many times. He's been a hero on this topic. He has spoken out when so many MDs have just been silent little cowards on this in public. Uh, it's disgusting to watch that play out. But you know, the libs are starting to figure out too. They just can't make this case anymore. Um, they at least now are switching from masks work to masks work, but mandates haven't. This is the New York Times headline. That's right. New York Times saying, the mask mandate turns out you can actually crunch the numbers and they don't work. So you force people to mask up, it doesn't stop COVID. You say mask up or else, it doesn't stop COVID. This is from the New York Times article. The evidence suggests that broad mask mandates have not done much to reduce COVID caseloads over the past two years. Today, mask rules do, do even less than in the past given the contagiousness of current versions of the virus and successful public health campaigns rarely involve a divisive fight over a measure unlikely to make a big difference. Uh, friends, did nothing, okay? Nothing. I've been, t you've watched the show, if you've been with me for a while now watching this, if you've been listening to my radio show for the last two years, you know, I was right about this from the beginning. Masking was idiocy, idiocy. So clearly in practice did not work. And even if you do it pretty well, it doesn't work because you have to do it all the time. Because if you get sick once, all the masking before didn't matter because you still ended up getting COVID. So what are we doing here, folks? It made no sense. And then, of course, there's the vaccine reality. Omicron, according to Axios, is outrunning the vaccines designed to fight it. Efforts to update COVID vaccines can't seem to keep up with changes in the virus itself. New variants appear to be even more immune resistant than the original Omicron strain, raising the possibility that even retooled vaccines could be outdated by the time they become available. The vaccines are basically worthless. That's right, everybody. Full circle. Look where we are. They might be good for... You know, boosters are good for a month or two, maybe, something like that. All right, we'll have more on this with Alex Berenson when we come back. First, let's talk about protecting your home. Look, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a recent story about an Arizona real estate agent that found the home she lived in was listed for sale. The problem was she wasn't selling her home. She was the victim of home title fraud, a devastating crime happening all over the country. According to the experts at Home Title Lock, the crime is incredibly profitable and hard to detect. An identity thief simply creates a fake title transfer for your home and refiles as the new owner. Then you can take out loans on your home or sell it. Typical identity theft services don't cover you and neither does homeowner's insurance. Home Title Lock does, however. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title. 
the instant they detect anyone tampering with your home's title, they help shut it down and help get you back and help get it back into your name. Here's what you should do. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, read the testimonials, and see for yourself how important it is to protect yourself from this crime. And when you go to HomeTitleLock.com, make sure you sign up. Tell them Buck Sexton sent you to get 30 free days of protection. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Alex Berenson, author of Pandemia, joins us next. Stay with us. Support for my podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with its exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BUCK at manscaped.com. The Performance Package 4.0 includes a ton of men's grooming products like the Lawn Mower 4.0 Trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a bunch of other great men's hygiene products you never knew you needed, plus a travel bag to hold it all. The lawnmower trimmer is the best. It's got a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, and it's waterproof, so no more messes on the bathroom floor. You'll also get the waterproof weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer with proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in all those delicate areas. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BUCK to unlock your confidence and always use the right tools with Manscaped. Despite new evidence that mask mandates are ineffective at preventing the spread of COVID-19, the Biden Justice Department seems intent on retaining its power to keep passengers masked up on mass transit. According to the DOJ brief, the findings of the CDC order provide ample support for the agency's determination that there was good cause to make the order effective without delay. Really? Joining me now, author of Pandemia, How Coronavirus Hysteria Took Over Our Government Rights and Lives, also has got a great substack on all this kind of stuff, Alex Berenson. Mr. Berenson, good to see you. Good to see you. I hope you guys can see me. I hope the, the light is adequate, but- Good um, enough. It's, it's, Okay. So, so, so tell us, Alex, why are they fighting this? Because it feels like, even apart from the science, they have to know at some level that now this is unpopular and people realize that they're lunatics if they want to only mask you up on planes and trains. Well, there, there, there is some issue here in terms of not wanting to set a legal precedent. I believe that, that you know, they, when, when the court's order initially came down a few weeks ago, uh, they don't want this to be binding, and if it's at the district court level, it's not binding. So I believe, uh, you know, that, that there's some argument that they just don't want uh, this as a precedent going forward. I mean, you're right. We're in this absolutely strange position right now. Everyone knows that masks don't work. I would say at this point, practically everybody knows that vaccines are essentially useless. I mean, if you just look at the numbers, uh, almost nobody's getting uh, vaccinated or boosted or double boosted right now. And, uh, and that's not because people aren't getting COVID. And so we're in this sort of weird position where, uh, you know, aside from this hardcore of, of, you know, crazy people who live in Brooklyn and San Francisco, the whole country has basically moved on. And it's not because COVID is not with us. It's not even because people are not dying from COVID. It's just because everyone's realized that effectively there's very, very little we can do about it. And that includes the masks. And yet there's this large group of, you know, sort of public health authoritarians 
uh, that can't let go of the last two years. It's it's very it's very strange. Yeah, I wanted to ask specifically on the mask issue before we dive a little more into the vaccines. Are, are there? I mean, do you think that people? I don't see a lot of Fauci these days. I'm sure he, you know, I'm sure he misses you, Alex. Uh, but I, I don't see a lot of Fauci these days. I don't see a lot of Walensky. They're all they're all kind of, you know, staying away from most media. These doctors, though, like the doctor in New York City who runs the health service here. I don't even know what it's called, and I live here. Yes. Um, yes. You know, they, they keep saying like they keep saying stuff like we all know masks work, and and I just wonder. Are, are they morons or is this just what they think they have to say to keep their jobs because otherwise they'd be admitting that they've been wrong for two years? Like, I, I actually wonder, like, I used to think if you went to medical school, you're smart. I, I don't believe that anymore. No, unfortunately, and epidemiologists appear to be sort of the, the worst of them in terms of intelligence. Um, uh, you know, like smart doctors become, you know, they become orthopedists or, you know, cardiac surgeons or they do cutting edge research, you know, they... They do stuff where the scientific challenges are really interesting, and there's a lot of money at stake. And the, you know, the, the, if you if you go to medical school and become a you know bureaucrat for the city of New York, that says something about your drive and ambition and ability to you know treat patients. I think. Um, but uh, no, it, it, you know, it, it's interesting. You mentioned Walensky, and I thought, God, I haven't even heard her name in months. I mean, that's yeah. how sideline she's been. And sort of Fauci pops up on these random. He's like a you know, he's like a, a a a soldier under you know under heavy pressure. He just pops up, runs to the next foxhole, and ducks again, looking for safety on MSNBC from time to time. Um, but the real you know the real screamers are the you know the people on Twitter, like you know quote unquote Doctor Eric Ding, who's not even a doctor at all. He's a you know he's a nutritionist um, who just who just won't stop. Uh, you know who who continue to insist that the sky is falling now. It's funny because I do believe there's a, and we've talked about this over the last few months, there's a risk of a really negative outcome going forward. It's a low risk, though, and it really relates to problems the vaccines might have created in vaccinated people. But I don't mean to say I think that's going to happen. I just think it's something we have to monitor. But yeah, there's these people who who at every turn, it's like they want the, some of them even want the schools closed again. There's a, there's a doctor, a real doctor, not an Eric Ding doctor, um, uh, in, in Boston named Jeremy Faust, who's been a screamer from the beginning. And he just posted something that's a complete, um, it's, it's, it claimed that there were all these deaths of kids during Omicron. And it's totally clear that what happened, that re the reason there appeared to be a lot of deaths of kids during Omicron isn't because there were a lot of kids dying from COVID. It's because COVID spread so quickly in that population in December and January, that there were a number of incidental deaths. There were truly deaths with COVID in that population in children because, because we know COVID just isn't dangerous to kids. But this is getting passed around as, uh, or, you know, again, I, I say not dangerous to kids. I should always, you know, I should always sort of have the caveat it can, you know, very, very rarely be dangerous to healthy children, almost never. Um, but, you know, and it can certainly be dangerous to kids who are really sick to begin with who are immunocompromised. But just put that aside, people like this, this Dr. Jeremy Faust, they won't they won't back down. They continue to want all the stuff that they've wanted for two years that has just provably not worked. And you're, do you think, I, I mean, know, Alex, I, I, I know you're not a I know you're not a psych. I, mean, I believe your, your wife is actually a psychiatrist, right? Or is she's that right? A psychiatrist. Yeah. 
Yes. I, I mean, I, I wonder what her take is on. Yeah, I wonder what her take is on, on whether this is honestly crossed over for a lot of these, not just the general public. I mean, I took a flight over the weekend where there was somebody who was legitimately, and I'm being serious, triple masked, double masked with a face visor in front of them on the plane. And the person looked to be about 35. So, uh, but, but for some of these blue check MD types that are still calling for a mask up, we, they're saying, we know what works. And I'm looking at them, are these people actually, have they, have they basically driven themselves crazy? And, and I mean that, I don't mean that it's just a pejorative, although maybe it is at some level, but uh, I actually think, I wonder, have they kind of lost it? No, I think that's a really good question. I mean, uh, you know, how much of it is, is still a grift and how much of it at this point is a psychological issue. You know, there's a woman named Diana Berendt, who's on Twitter, who runs one of these, it's called the Survivor Corps, it's sort of a long COVID foundation. And and she'll tweet the most outrageous stuff. And I mean, so she's obviously got a financial interest in pushing this, you know, she's always raising money for Survivor Corps. But look at the people who respond to her. And there remain, I mean, there's terror out there uh, among, you know, this small group of people. And, you know, look, I feel I feel bad for them, but they don't a they don't have the right to impose any of this on the rest of us. And that's you know, that's totally clear that people are just not putting up with it anymore. But what I really don't think they have the right to do is terrify their children. Right. So so a lot of these people are middle aged, you know, men and women with kids. And, you know, they 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 are living their lives in the state of fear virus that really is not very dangerous to them and and you know scaring their kids too yeah it's it's crazy but we'll keep following it alex barons everybody alex thanks for being with us thanks for having me buck crisis at the u.s border is showing no signs of slowing down according to reports as many as four thousand illegal immigrants crossed the border over the memorial day weekend alone we come back candidate for senate from the state of arizona jim uh layman stops by to give his thoughts on the federal government's failure to secure the southern border first i want to talk to you about protecting your online data a lot of companies promise your privacy is guaranteed but we know that's not true that's why you need a new privacy and cybersecurity application tool called secure it's spelled s-e-k-u-r secure is using proprietary encryption and offering secure instant messaging and email with secure all of your communication is based on servers and data centers hosted in switzerland without using any of the big tech platforms. Privacy is a big issue now. Without real security, people can read your emails, messages, even your bank information. Secure will never mine your data and never ask for your phone number. You can send emails knowing you've actually got security. Secure is your solution to stop the constant theft of your digital identity. It costs only $5 for the messenger, only $10 for the messenger and email combination package. Go to secure.com and take back your privacy today. That's S-E-K-U-R.com. And use promo code BUCK for 25% off. We'll be right back with more Hold the Line. Memorial Day weekend brought quite the surge of encounters at our southern border. According to Fox News, 4,000 illegal migrants crossed the border over Memorial Day weekend in the Rio Grande Valley sector alone. While Title 42 seems to be the only thing helping to slow down the entry of illegal migrants into this country, and the Biden administration continues to fight to bring the rule to an end. So what does this mean for the future of our southern border, which has already seen record numbers of crossings this year? Joining me now to discuss candidate for U.S. Senate from Arizona, Jim Lehman. Jim, thanks for being with us. Hey, Bob, great to be with you. And unfortunately, the topic of invasion of our southern border, but we're going to have to deal with it as soon as I get to the U.S. Senate. 
So tell me this, what, what is the situation? When you speak to a Border Patrol, let's say, in, uh, along the Arizona-Mexico border, um, what are they telling you about the level of illegal crossings and just what they're dealing with day in and day out? Buck, uh, my candidacy, we've been endorsed by the National Border Patrol Council, uh, Brandon Judd, Art, um, Tom Holman, Mark Morgan, all these guys are very active uh, with us on the campaign. And you know, this is by far the number one issue uh, in Arizona and certainly uh, in our country. So talking with them almost daily uh, because it's so crucial to the sovereignty of our country. Uh, and they say, Buck, number one is policy, U.S. Senate, uh, and that is remaining Mexico. That gave them the ability in 2020, of course, to turn everyone away. And only about 2,000 uh, per week, 125,000 per year, actually, were allowed into the U.S. Uh, and today, mostly in Arizona, you know, we're dealing with 50,000 per week. Remaining Mexico policy, of course, is the law of the land, as federal judges have uh, codified and told Biden. Mark Kelly, but of course they ignore it. So my goal, uh, Buck, in reaching the U.S. Senate, uh, our election, of course, uh, August primary, November general, is arriving U.S. Senate uh, in January, do everything in my power to shut down business uh, in the U.S. Senate. It's that critical, uh, Buck, because these people are coming, of course, from around the world, and I've been down there a dozen times at least uh, with the guys, and. 50% uh, by their estimation are military age males. Cuba, Russia, China, Venezuela, I mean, you see the passports that they collect, you know, just on the other side of the wall. It's crazy, Buck, it's just, it's an invasion and it's absolutely deliberate, of course, uh, you know, by the far left, Mark Kelly and, and Biden. So Biden, speaking of the man himself, he has said that there is no decision on extending Title 42. Watch this one, Jim. What I'm considering is continuing to hear from my, uh, my uh, first of all, there's going to be an appeal by the Justice Department, because as a matter of principle, we want to be able to be in a position where if, in fact, it is strongly concluded by the scientists that we need Title 42, that we'd be able to do that. But there has been no decision on extending Title 42. So that, was a, that was a few weeks back, if you remember that one, and it seemed like Biden kind of mixed up the mask mandate with the Title 42 situation at the border. But is the, what do you think the policy should be? I mean, should we just keep extending Title 42? Uh, you know, I, I don't know, until when? Of course, Biden and Mark Kelly blame it on everything, including uh, climate control. And this is absolutely uh, just about policy and the far less agenda to you know, change this country uh, radically, uh, and therefore this totally open uh, border where the border patrol are allowed to do absolutely nothing but other than to process uh, these individuals. Uh, Title 42 uh, absolutely needs to remain in place. Uh, these people are coming not just with, in many cases, uh, COVID, but of course, of course, uh, tuberculosis and many of the other things that the border guys uh, talk about every day uh, that they're being exposed to. Uh, again, remaining Mexico policy, number one, allows the Border Patrol to stop everyone, as they did in 2020, highly successful, most successful ever for us in our country, uh, complete the wall to add to that ability for them uh, to ensure not just remaining Mexico, but ensure the guideways aren't coming uh, through uh, when they're 
making sure that remain in Mexico, everyone stays out. Uh, mandatory E-Verify, we did that, to, you know, I'm a, a business guy, uh, but not a politician, successful large-scale businesses across the country that have been fortunate to build. We did mandatory E-Verify and it worked. Now, same with uh, ending sanctuary cities. I intend to be very bold in the U.S. Senate that mandatory verify not just uh, should continue to be law of land, but repeat offenders uh, need a heavy fine. And then soon after that, the hiring manager and the CEO need to do a little jail time. It may only be for a couple of days, but I think that would send a message in this country that we're no longer going to tolerate putting America last. We're going to get back to American citizens, American uh, people first. And, and Buck, I am at the border a lot, Yuma, Nogales, uh, north in Tucson. Uh, it's the same thing in the Latino community. They don't want this invasion any more than anyone else does. Well, you know, Jim, Jim here's what uh, the head of DHS, Alejandro Mayorka, says is going to happen if they do actually remove Title 42, the CDC uh, order that allows for some uh, illegal migrants to be turned back. Watch. How is the department preparing to, to resource efforts to lean into consequences uh, like the expedited removal and the uh, prosecution to limit the number of individuals crossing the border illegally, as well as limit this, these high rates of recidivism that we're seeing as a result of uh, what we are doing is surging personnel, uh, both at U.S. Customs and Border Protection, specifically the Border Patrol, as well as enforcement and removal operations within Immigration and Customs Enforcement to bring expedited removal, that's immigration enforcement proceedings, um, to the fullest extent that we can. You believe that? Oh my God. But uh, this guy has no clue, of course, he says anything but what he truly believes, and that is the more open border policy, you know, the more he's doing his job in the in the view of the far left, including our absent uh, senator out here, uh, Mark Kelly. Uh, the entirety of the program hinges uh, immediately on Remain in Mexico policy, as, as I've said earlier, because it was so effective and the most effective ever, uh, 2020. Uh, this guy is no, he's not surging anyone, right? We have a set number of border agents. And by the way, the border agents say they have the resources they need. They have enough people as demonstrated in 2020, it's all about policy. And I intend in U.S. Senate uh, to enforce that, to remain in Mexico, but to shut this down uh, immediately because otherwise, this Marocas guy who has no um, standing with the border guys, uh, they just, they do not respect this guy because they know, you know, what he's up to. And that is this intentional invasion uh, of our country, 2.4 million uh, a year. And, and just think, Buck, of the, 600,000 in that number that were gotaways that never even were processed uh, by the border. Uh, $6,200 uh, is the going rate uh, at the border uh, that are paid to the cartel members who control the border. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, the amount of fentanyl coming through our country and mostly but through Arizona because the wall's pretty well built in California. Of course, Texas is pushing back a lot uh, on their border. Uh, 100,000 Americans last year, you know, dying of drug overdoses by estimates says what, about 80% coming through our southern border. So the ramifications up and down the ladder to our society are horrendous. They're terrible. But of course, that's all on purpose. Far left, Marocas, Biden, Kelly, the whole lot.
Yeah, they don't see it as an urgent problem to solve. They just want to try to keep it out of the vision uh, field of the American people. Jim, appreciate you being with us. Buck, thank you very much. A North Carolina preschool is facing criticism for using flashcards depicting a, depicting a pregnant man to teach young students about colors. If you thought this stuff was only happening in blue states, it's not. We'll have more on that with podcast host and first TV contributor Rob Smith in a moment. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. A North Carolina preschool is facing criticism for using flashcards depicting, wait for it, a pregnant man to teach young students about colors. A concerned parent flagged the LGBTQ plus themed cards to a state representative who immediately contacted the school's principal who then remove them from the classroom. How many more teachers in schools across the nation are using this kind of non-approved curricula to push their progressive agenda? Got to talk to uh, got to talk about that and more with our friend Rob Smith, host of the new podcast Can't Cancel Rob Smith and indeed Rob, they cannot. As hard as they try, but they still can't do it. I got to ask you about this stuff in a second. I got to first get your take. Uh, you know, we started off the show just with the news uh, of the afternoon, shall we say. And, and, you know, the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial wasn't something I paid a lot of attention to, but I do pay attention to the media, the news cycle very closely. Clearly, a lot of people really care about this because not just today, for many days, live coverage of it on the, on the major cable channels, main headline stories on some of the biggest news sites in the country. What do you make of it, Rob? Why did people care so much? Well, here's the thing. So I was getting just a little bit of information about this, like yourself, like I wasn't that into it, but some of the stuff that came out in this trial is pretty salacious. First of all, remember when Amber Heard said that she was gonna donate the divorce settlement that she got from Johnny Depp somewhere in the uh, in the range of about $7 million? Well, apparently when she was dating Elon Musk, she asked Elon Musk to float her that money so that she can pretend to, that she donated it. Um, and he said, absolutely not. But I think that with this verdict here and the entire thing, it's literally us seeing the end of the hashtag Me Too movement in real time. So like all of these sort of uh, agendas that at the very beginning, they seem like something positive. You know, this is about female empowerment. This was about women speaking up. I think that we can all kind of get behind that. But then they get co-opted by leftism, um, and then they just get sort of perverted in that way. So what we're seeing with this verdict, with Amber Heard basically losing this judgment, um, and Johnny Hurt, Johnny Depp being vindicated in this way, it's really the end of the Me Too movement. I think that the perception is that. Amber Heard wanted to sort of strong arm Johnny Depp into getting even more money out of him. She said, well, you're never gonna take this to trial because there's no way anybody's gonna believe you over me. He called her bluff, um, she lost. 
And now this is where we're at. I mean, Me Too at this point and the way that it was treated in the mainstream media and the way that it was treated in this culture for the past couple of years, that version of Me Too is absolutely dead with this verdict. All right, now, Rob, we did uh, introduce the segment here with these flashcards uh, that we mentioned that weren't a school policy or approved curriculum, uh, but there was an LGBTQ plus theme. There you go. And, and a, pregnant, a pregnant man, actually, is what the, what's got, I think, the most attention here. Um, I, I assume that's supposed to be a pregnant man. So this was an individual teacher who seemed to be making an ideological choice when it comes to preschoolers. Well, what do we yeah. what do we think about this? I mean, Rob, they keep saying this isn't happening, and then every day I see another case of it happening somewhere. Yeah, it's not happening. It's not happening. But yet we see story after story after story. And the interesting thing about it is, is that what has blown this up is you know a, a feed kind of like lives of TikTok, right? Where this is basically taking these people's videos and these people's words in their own words and presenting them out to the public. So this is absolutely going on. And what we're really looking at here is the way that this sort of far left radical LGBTQ ideology, whatever you want to call it, has infiltrated the public school system by way of these activist teachers. These are people that do not see their job as educating children about basic concepts such as math, such as like you said in, in, this, um, in this particular instance, colors. They see their job is at all times to promote and to shove a far left ideological LGBTQ gender cult 100 genders ideology um, down these kids' throats. It's one of the biggest issues with public schools right now. And you don't see this, like I said, with just the gender cult LGBTQ stuff. You see it with the BLM stuff. Um, you see it with pretty much every other major issue that the left wants to use to sort of promote their agenda. And it's actually really crazy, Buck, because the things that we are seeing, whether it's this story, whether it's the stuff that comes out of libs of TikTok every single day, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, this stuff is all over the place. And they really have been exposed in the wake of the schools being shut down during the pandemic. So when they went virtual and parents were walking by these Zoom calls and these Zoom sessions, they're saying, oh, my God, this is what, what are they teaching these kids in schools? Speaking of the uh, LGBTQ plus activist agenda, uh, transgender swimmer Leah Thomas has been speaking out after Thomas uh, won the women's, uh, what was it, women's 200 meter uh, swimming freestyle, I think was the event. Uh, Thomas went on GMA and spoke out about the backlash that this individual feels uh, has been received here. Listen to this. I knew there would be scrutiny against me if I uh, competed as a woman. Um, I was prepared for that, but I also don't need anybody's permission. Trans people don't transition for athletics. We transition to be happy and authentic and our true selves. Transitioning to get an advantage is not something that ever factors into our decisions. You didn't transition to win more medals. No. I mean, Rob, Thomas can say whatever about happiness and all the rest. Thomas has an advantage against women in swimming. This is obvious. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, there's a biological advantage here. And for them to kind of force us to deny this is literally just us forcing to deny what we're seeing with our own eyes. And in the case of watching this interview, hearing with our own ears, um, there's nobody that's looking at this person and saying that this is a woman who has no genetic biological advantage over other women. And what I found so interesting about this topic, and, and I, I delved into this a little bit deeper into my podcast, Can't Cancel Rob Smith, this week. But what I found the most interesting thing about this segment was that the producers at ABC News and Good Morning America actually interviewed a, um, a, a biologist, like somebody that is in the medical community, a doctor, whether. And that person said basically um, the little bit of hormone therapy that this person went through is not enough to suppress the biological advantages um, that are given by basically going through puberty as a man. Yeah, I mean, you're talking and about basically I, 10 years of testosterone therapy, effectively. Yeah, 10 years, 10 years of testosterone therapy. And I think that this represents a way forward in this conversation for the media, because even five years ago, they would not have dared to interview an art, a, a doctor about this. They would not have dared to even gingerly tiptoe around the other side of this debate. And also, if this were to happen even five, six years ago, all the trans groups and the HRCs and the GLADs, they would have rallied around Leah Thomas, they would have made this person their hero, all of that other stuff. Even they're backing off from this because, like I said in, in my tweet, you know, it's one thing to show photos of Leah Thomas that are sort of soft focused and edited. And remember that there was a controversy around the photographer who took those photos said that these uh, major media news outlets were altering this photographer's photos in order to promote an agenda. So it's one thing to show people soft focus and angles and whatever, but it's another thing to put this person on camera so that the entire world can hear that voice and see that physical frame and then you know, be made to feel as if what you are seeing with your eyes and hearing with your ears is a lie just because they say that they identify as a woman. Was the final command of the party in Orwell's 1984. You cannot believe what your eyes and ears tell you. You have to believe what the party says. Yeah, and don't also, believe those uh, fuck. You can, you can use your ears to listen to Rob's podcast, however, which I highly recommend you do. Rob, good to see you. All right, you too, Buck. Thanks a lot. CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase is sounding the alarm on what he calls an economic hurricane. We'll have that story in quick hits. Stay with us. The CEO of J.P. Morgan tells us to brace yourselves for the economic hurricane coming our way. The United States Marine Corps celebrates Pride Month. Those stories in quick hits. Okay, uh, let's start with this. The economy has been shaky. Uh, markets down, inflation way up, price of everything, especially gas, but food and you name it. Used cars, huge price increases. People are hurting right now economically. Here's the problem. I don't like to be the bearer of bad news, but... It's probably going to get worse before it gets better. I don't think we've seen the worst of this yet. Now, I'm not somebody who's moving billions of dollars around and making huge financial decisions for as a fiduciary or as some kind of economic or a finance guru. But uh, the folks who are increasingly start to say things could get really ugly out there in the American economy. Probably going to. Here's J.P. Morgan's CEO, Jamie Dimon. It's a hurricane. It's we, right now. It's kind of sunny. Things are doing fine. You know, everyone thinks the the Fed can handle this. 
that hurricane is right out there down the road coming our way. We just don't know if it's a minor one or Superstorm Sandy or uh, yeah, Sandy or or uh, Andrew or something like that. And it's you, you better brace yourself. You better brace yourself. And it's going to get rough out there, friends. It's going to be tough for folks. And uh, the Biden policies have clearly only made things worse up to this point and are probably going to continue to make things worse, unfortunately. So uh, the Marine Corps is uh, best known for being a combat service of tremendous courage, bravery, tenacity, fearless in the face of the enemy. Uh, our devil dogs, our leathernecks, our Marine Corps, pride of this country. People are uh, always so thankful to the Marines for their service. Um, but Pride Month is this month, as you know, and the Marine Corps tweeted this out. Throughout June, the United States Marine Corps takes pride in recognizing and honoring the contributions of our LGBTQ service members. We remain committed to fostering an environment free from discrimination and defend the values of treating all equally with dignity and respect. And just to be clear, you see there, there's a helmet, a, a, a military helmet there with a rainbow bullets, rainbow bullets. Um, I just, well, you can see that and take that in. Rainbow bullet from the Marine Corps. Okay. Secretary Blinken, who is a uh, mediocrity, of course, but in charge of our State Department or Biden, because, you know, what else could go wrong? Here he is on the Russia-Ukraine uh, Ukraine war. Watch. Time-wise, um, Secretary General said it well. We, we can't predict um, how this is going to play out, when this is going to play out. Uh, as best we can assess right now, um, we are still looking at many months of conflict. Again, that could be over tomorrow if Russia chose to end the aggression. We don't see any signs of that right now. But it's a moving picture, as the Secretary General said. That's, by definition, what uh, wars are. Um, and I'll just repeat what I said. Uh, as long as this goes on, we want to make sure that Ukraine has in hand what it needs to defend itself. And we want to make sure that Russia is feeling strong pressure from uh, as many countries as possible to end the aggression. That's the best way, we think, uh, to bring the aggression to uh, a close as soon as possible, to end the war, uh, to get to diplomacy, uh, and to stop the suffering. Thanks, Captain Obvious. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is next. Shields high. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children, 
and build specially adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, as well as work to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He's never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades in arms, nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud Foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the Foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 